topic is vapor pressure deficit, or VPD. I'm your host, Bill Calkins, and in an effort to provide this critical information in any way you choose to consume educational content, you're going to find this in video form, podcast form, and in printed form. And I'll put all the links to those in the show notes of this video or podcast. The print article did run in the January issue of Grower Talks magazine and walked readers through some definitions related to VPD, as well as why it's an important measurement to use and how it can specifically benefit your young plant production. These videos and podcasts will go quite a bit deeper into the topic. But first, I want to introduce my guest, someone who's been a huge part of Tech On Demand since our inception, Dr. Will Healy. Will has more than three decades of experience working with greenhouses of all shapes and sizes and around the world to implement the best strategies for their unique situations. Will retired recently from Ball Horticultural Company as senior technical manager, but continues to think about ways to improve horticultural production. And for that, I am truly grateful. Will and I are going to attempt to make some fairly complex information understandable and usable in our conversation about VPD, relative humidity, and water loss in these tech on demand video and podcast episodes, where our goal is always to bring you tips, tricks, and information to produce your best crops ever. Be sure to subscribe to the Tech On Demand podcast on your favorite podcast app like iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and more, and find dozens of videos on the Ball Seed YouTube channel. So, you know, now let's go take a look at um, when is VPD actually critical um, in our overall operations? Well, there's a number of different places when VPD is critical. You can, it's important during propagation when we're trying to hydrate the cuttings. And we're going to talk a lot about this because this is probably the area that we've done the most work on this particular topic. Um, the hydration of the unrooted cutting is really critical for uniform success. Basically making sure that you're turgid and you're turgid all the way through and basically also managing the amount of moisture you're putting in so that you can get the roots to grow when it's time to grow. Now, during production, there's a number of growers who actually use um, VPD to schedule irrigation. They're not religious in that they basically, you know, it's Tuesday, let's water. It's Thursday, let's water. They're basically using VPD, especially during the winter when it's unpredictable with the weather. It could be dry, it could be sunny, it could be overcast. They're using VPD to predict when should they be watering. You know, they may water when they've finally accumulated a certain number of VPD units over and then saying, okay, by this point, they should be dry. And now we turn the water back on because we know the plants have reached that critical level two in the soil to basically trigger the irrigation. Um, one of the things that growers will complain about is that they've got so much stress, stretch. The plants are getting so tall and I'm kind of going like, so how wet is that soil? Well, we always keep it wet. Well, you know, if you think about it, that makes sense because a plant is nothing more than a bunch of cells. The cells are like water balloons. You blow them up and they get very big. And so you stack a bunch of water balloons on top of it. What do you got, Bill? Big you got plants. a very stretched plant. And very soft plants. Yeah. So if you want nice toned, controlled plants that you can really use your growth regulators, really look at how dry can you get them and when should you um, dry them. You know, if they say, I was dealing with a grower recently who said, you know, I can never get roots to the bottom of my pots. Well, how often do you water? Well, we water on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. 
So the well, roots never have to make their way to the bottom. They're, right. I always talk about them as lazy teenagers. They just basically, there's always water sitting there. So why, why do I have to worry? You know, roots need to search for water. They search for water because they go looking for it. So you want to make sure that you're putting out enough so that they don't dry out. But on the other hand, you want, don't want to have them just laying around like a bunch of teenagers just sucking on um, uh, corn chips and uh, popcorn on the, um, and watching and doing videos. Um, anyways, I digress. Um, and then finally, you really want to look at VPD because it's important for insect and disease control. It's very, very critical in basically controlling your overall plant growth. But let us really focus on propagation because I think this is one that we're currently in. And Bill, you know, I, you, you started out talking about people are getting them all over the world at this time of the year. Well, that's really only in the Northern hemisphere because you know, those Southern hemisphere guys, those, those folks are only getting them like in June. So anyways, let's talk about rooting. It's really important that we basically break this down so we know what we're doing. You know, part of the problem that we have is we stick a cutting in and stand back and hope something happens. Mm -hmm. And then when nothing happens or bad things happen or happens in, inconsistently, you now start going like, well, well, what do I do? Well, let's first talk about how you need water at specific times for to do specific things. What we've done is, is um, in our operations, we break down the process into very specific stages. So we know and that this is the environment we need at this stage. And this is the environment we need at that stage, because a lot of times they're absolutely opposite each other. Okay, so we have C2, which is basically when we've taken the cutting and it basically has formed a base, a solid base, so it's not leaking and dripping. Um, and that's usually, you know, within a day or two. Okay, if you're getting unrooted cuttings, you're already at C2 because they've been sitting around. They, it's what's called suberized. They, they basically, the base has formed a scab. Um, C3 is where you start having a little bit of swelling. Now, you know, people say the roots come from the stem. No, they don't. They come from inside. Okay. Yeah. So basically that, that, that stem basically has got a outside epidermis that's really tight. So everything doesn't leak out. It's like a girdle. And so what has to happen is, is it has to somehow expand it to open it up. So the roots can come out of the middle where the xylem and the phloem are and come out through the um, stem itself. So you have this little bit of swelling, this callus formation. Callus is just basically loose, chunky. Think of it as kind of like, you know, dressing that you put in a chick and a turkey. Mm. You know, it's kind of loose and fibrous. And that's kind of what, if you really look at callus, that's kind of what it looks like. It looks like uh, a good open, dried dressing so that the roots can easily penetrate that. So that as you move to C4, the callus has actually formed a bumps on the outside. Now, a little bit of bumping is good. Giant chunk of callus is not a good thing because what happens is if that then becomes a barrier in fence. So you really want to optimize how much callus that you have. And that's what's happening at C4. And then at C5 and R1, so you're at callus five. So you've got callus and then you've got a little bit of a root horn or little root nubs. And so the roots might start being visible for those of us with good eyes and they're just bumps and kind of swelling for those of you with bad eyes or aren't paying attention. So it's C5, R1, about the same. Okay. Now, why am I worrying about this bill? Well, because it's how, it's how you're going to get the best start out of that cutting. And how do plants 
absorb water. I mean, when you Absolutely. when you're doing running and stuff, you basically are drinking water out of a bottle or a glass, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, it's it's inter- internally absorbing the water. Right. So how is the water going to get into the plant? And okay. during the callus process, it's not through the roots. So it's got to come in through the leaves, oh. right? So through like misting on your in your propagation. Right. It's got to be from, and it's actually got to be as water vapor. Mm. So it has to be that really high humidity that can move it into the plant, right? So that's what we're really looking at is why during this callus formation, as we move from C2, C3, C4, C5, R1, um, there's no active roots at this point. So therefore, we really need to make sure that we've got a high relative humidity, a low VPD to keep the cutting turgid so that it doesn't wilt. Because every time you wilt a plant, every time you wilt a cutting, you delay the development of the callus and the roots. And this is where we get a lot of inconsistency. We get a lot of problems with growers that are struggling with rooting. They either go and they, um, they're they not keeping it moist enough. Now, it's it's what's important is not just the air, but the soil itself has to be kept moist. Because if the soil is bone dry, so sometimes we have soil where the growers haven't wetted, um, or they've got old Ellie pots or glue plugs where the center is very dry and they stick the cutting, or they basically have a huge hole and they got a tiny little cutting and it doesn't come in contact with the soil. And so basically those cuttings dry out. Why? It's because the callus process is a high humidity, warm process, warm and humid. So if you're not warm and humid in the bottom of the cutting and the top of the cutting, you're gonna have problems. So so as we're moving through this, you can actually start looking and when you start seeing and analyzing, why am I having a problem? You can basically always go back to the cuttings, take a look at the base and see, did I keep the soil wet? Did I keep the air wet? You know, if I've got callusing, but I still have wilted cuttings, it's probably the air. If I don't have callus forming, but I've got um, cuttings that are, you know, fully turgid, well, that starts telling me very quickly, oops, my soil's a little too dry. So you can really analyze exactly what's happening. If you've got rot on the bottom of the cutting and the cuttings are humid, you probably say, oh, that soil must be too wet, right? So you can really predict exactly what happens. Um, as we go to the root ratings from R2, which is our roots, um, you can actually see root initials there. R3, where the roots are basically to the edge of your rooting material and starting heading down. R4 is where they're basically at the bottom and they're creating a ball at the bottom so you can pull it up. So you go from R2 to R4. Um, this is now, the, where's where's the water coming from at this point, Bill? At that point, it's coming from the soil into the root. Right. So what you want, to, and you want to have good, active, healthy um, roots. And so therefore, you need to make sure that you're going through this 4-2 kind of irrigation program so that you're drying them down to get the roots to look for water. And then you want to dry, um, get enough there so that they can last as so you want to be oscillating. And that therefore you want to change what is your VPD settings. So during the callus, the C2 through C5 stage, you want to basically have low VPD settings so that the v, so that you're keeping a very low VPD. 
Whereas as you move transition into the R stage where you start getting rooting to form, now at that point, as you go from R1, R2, you need to start drying that um, air out to force the roots to go out into the soil. And you wanna make sure that your soil is the right moisture. So, you know, this is why we really need to look at what we're doing and then that way we can start figuring out exactly how do we fine tune our process that we're doing. So this is where VPD is a very powerful tool that you can use to optimize the uniformity of your rooting because it's all about uniformity. Our research over the years while I was at Ball is if you have ununiform cutting, ununiform rooting of those cuttings, you end up with ununiform flowering many, many weeks later. Strikes me that this here. is, it strikes me that this is, there's a, a combination of the manual, you know, visual uh, assessment of the, the stage of that cutting with the sort of automated approach of your VPD controls and settings. Right. Right. And we'll talk about the different way you can automate this, but it's this is why you really need to focus on using VPD as a powerful tool in your overall. What we found is, is that a lot of the workarounds that people have, rooting hormones, magical sprays, the um, basically doing all kinds of, of extra work, all relates to what's my VPD should be during this callusing and then subsequently during this root rating. You know, and that's, you know, in your um, recent tech on demand newsletter, you basically talk about rooting um, succulents and some of the different um, coverings and stuff. Well, you know, some plants form callus very slowly. You know, succulents, cacti, succulents, I mean, they form callus very slowly. So you basically want to have very little water in the soil, otherwise you just rot them. Mm -hmm. Other things like, um, oh, let's say impatience and coleus, they, you know, they're about 110% water to begin with, mm. they form roots very rapidly. And so that basically they go through the callus process in the bag if you're shipping cuttings, um, and then basically you just have to root them. So, you know, there's different, you, you need to basically do, um, think of your crops a little differently, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. So when we look at, um, in more detail, the liner development, basically you've got all of these different stages that you go through, um, and if you think about what the process is from a water and light standpoint, this diagram that we've got here, I think really highlights this perfectly. As we go from an unrooted cutting on the left, A, to a rooted cutting B on the right, basically you go from a period where you have to have a lot of moisture, high humidity here, very low VPD, to as you start forming roots progressively, less moisture has to be applied. So you use lower and lower VPD. And actually you can also use temperature to um, reduce it as the light intensity increases. So that these are the, how the different parts come together. So, and, and I think it's really important that you think of it as just not about water because water, light and temperature all work together in this overall process. So, Let's talk a little bit about water loss in a cutting, when it happens and why you have to watch out for it. Um, basically, you know, if you have unrooted cutting water loss, you basically end up with wilted cuttings. What's surprising is they don't really show wilt, which is severe wilt, until much, when you've got severe wilt, you, you're pretty close to dead. Mm -hmm. It's just basically, we, what we talk about is a flying bird versus basically a droopy bird versus a dead bird. Um, and so you basically will see that in a minute. 
but where these this happens, it happens through the whole supply chain. And you as a grower have to address these as you get them, because, you know, yes, everyone tries to do a good job upstream, but at the end of the day, it's your cutting that you have to get um, converted into final plants. So one of the problems that you run into is, is the invari invariable um, temperature bounce during transit. Um, sometimes this happens and there's, um, and of course that means that the temperature goes up. And what do we know, Bill, from our previous discussions about when temperature goes up, what happens? To the relative humidity. Well, the relative humidity drops. And what does the VPD do? It, it goes, goes up. up as well. Right. So what happens is that if you have one of these temperature bumps, that basically the temperature goes up and we see that. And once you start this temperature, what happens is, is that it triggers um, in, um, the heating of that cutting and that so that you start getting warm bags of cuttings. <clears throat> and those warm bags of cuttings, of course, as it warms up, the humidity drops, the, which of course the VPD goes up. And then of course, you're not adding any water to that bag. So what's happening to the, where's, where, what's happening to that cutting? They're drying out. Right. And you can actually tell by, do you have droplets mm. of moisture in the bag? Because if you do, where'd that water come from, Bill? Came out of the plant. It had to come from the plant because it's not, you know, no one went in there and sprinkled water into it. Mm -hmm. So you basically, you can predict whether you've got semi-wilted or slightly wilted cuttings by looking at your bags when you do the receiving. So instead of, you know, you need to be kind of looking, do we have a little bit of condensation in the bag? Because that tells me that just as in this graph, the temperature went up. We started losing water and then the temperature came back down because we know that when the water, when the temperature comes down, the humidity goes up and the VPD goes down. So then basically you end up with condensation dew point on the bag. So it's a good indicator when you get your bags in to take a look at them and see, do I have moisture in the bag? And that's why a lot of times with cuttings like poinsettias, they do a paper wrap around it. Because that holds the water in and around the cutting to counteract this temperature bounce that occurs. The other next place that we start losing um, a lot of water is in these coolers. If you can see from one end of your cooler to the other, you got a problem because that cutting is getting dried out. Um, you're better off on that picture on the right where you basically can't really see through it because it's got a fog in there. Putting a little bit of fog, these fog systems, um, they're called party fogs. You can get them on the internet. Um, you get a party, you get a fog system in there. That fog system, you know, costs you about a couple thousand dollars. But if you think about the value of the finished product that never got there because you killed them in the, in the cooler, that $5,000 is the cheapest thing you probably have ever spent in your entire life mm -hmm. in improving the uniformity of those cuttings. And in fact, what happens is that we find is that we can hold on to cuttings longer when they've been in that because they're not going to continue to dry out because a lot of your prop, your sticking areas are really dry. How many people have fog in their um, sticking areas? Few, if any, but it's a really important part because you're heating it up. And when you heat up that area, you're basically drying them out. The concrete's dry. The people are dry. Everything is dry, 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 dry. And you're sitting cuttings and the cuttings are taking two hours. We, we have done research where we've seen that you can take cutting from fully hydrated down to 70% hydration in less than two hours. 
and at 70%, you've got problems mm -hmm. of uniformity of rooting. So really think through how you're handling that cutting. Are you keeping it turgid? Is there a drying point in there? You know, what are you doing when you're in the holding area of your cuttings? Are you in the holding area of your cuttings? Is it keeping those cuttings turgid or are you drying them out after you've stuck them? Because it takes you an hour till you've got the racks full and then someone takes them down to the greenhouse and then someone puts them on the benches and then finally got missed out there. And by the way, it's warm in the middle of the day and the humidity is low. And your stick, sticking lines are so huh? sticking lines are so busy and you know you always hear about you know oh, my my sticking lines like over overloaded during peak season so any any uh time that you can add to uh to healthy cuttings in the cooler i mean you're right that that misting system becomes very cheap very quick well and in, in one operation that i've dealt with um basically what they did is they built a fog room well, it's basically at one end of the greenhouse, one end of the sticking area that they basically pack all of the, the mm. trolleys, all the carts and stuff. The plastic piece of plastic, it's really fancy and high tech. It's got a piece of plastic around it and a fog machine inside. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what they do is at four o'clock, they shut down the greenhouse. Well, about 3.30, because they're not going to start spraying. You can't have people in there spraying. And they just basically continue sticking and they stick in on the carts and they put the carts in the fog chamber. Mm. The next morning... They basically have got a crew there and the crew, then the first thing they do is they take them out of the fog chamber and they put them out in the greenhouse. And of course, which cuttings, Bill, here's, here comes a trick question, which cuttings perform better? Those that are stuck during the day or those that have stuck and at the end of the day and have sat in the fog chamber overnight? Ding, 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 ding. Maybe the fog chamber ones because they've stayed uh, hydrated overnight? Exactly. And here we'll show you why. If we take a look at a typical um, cooler that you're basically unloading your cuttings into, notice what the um, temperature, which is the um, uh, blue, the little squiggle on the bottom, versus the relative humidity, which is the blue line up at the top. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, then, if we take a look at um, the um, <clears throat> what happens. And this is where we put a humidity in that chamber versus if we just take a dry cooler and we look at the green, notice the temperature goes up and down, mm -hmm. right? And what does the blue do, which is the relative humidity? Well, it looks like it's staying pretty consistent, but it's high. Well, but what if you look at the numbers over on the right-hand side, it, it bounces from 80, oh, 80 to 100. Yeah. So what you're doing from a VPD standpoint is you're sucking the water out of those cuttings. Even though they may be in a plastic bag, you're still removing water from those cuttings so that those that came in fully turgid, well, they're probably okay. Those that are not quite so turgid because they dried out or they had a temperature episode in the box, those are going to be more of a problem. So what we did is we did a little study. In this little study, we basically took cuttings and we took them either left them in a bag or we took them out of the bag. And then we put them into um, either our humidity chamber, which is basically a cooler with humidity control in there. Or we put them in a, in a cooler with no humidity control. So it was just like the um, one on the right versus the one on the left. Okay. And then we basically pulled them out. Um, and looked at the 24 hours. We did a really high-tech turgidity test, which is you grab the back of the 
end of the collar, the cutting, and just see what it does. Does it basically where we had it on the on the first one is where we had it in a humidity chamber plus the bag. We had it in the cooler plus the bag, or we had it in the humidity no bag, or we had it um, cooler with no bag. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And as you can see, leaving the cuttings, um, putting them in a humidity with a bag in the bag, which is operationally the most efficient, is very similar to, but not as good as putting them in um, humid, dumping them out of the bags into a humid chamber. That's the humid unbagged cutting is your prime humidity because you basically are going to maximum um, re re uh, resumption of turgidity, right? Mm -hmm. The worst case you can do is take cuttings out of the bag and put them in your regular old cooler, right? Because those things are, as we said, dead bird. It just dries them right out. Dries them right up. And then when you go and take that cutting and you now go and try to root it, it's going to take you a long time to get that cutting real, real, basically turgid again and get the whole process of callusing started. And so you're going to have delay. So when we start looking at actually performance over a large number of cuttings, we've done this with a number of different species and we've done this with um, over a couple of years. So we're really confident comfortable. You know, we basically got a bunch of cuttings and this is kind of like the ragtag collection of um, what happens after about, um, I think this is about 14 days, 10 days after um, cutting. So we're really at just what you would classify as a rooting stage two, um, starting to move towards stage three. Because remember, rooting two is basically roots out, root three is coming down. Okay. And what we start looking at is, is what is the effect of being in the cooler with and without the bag. And notice what's happening is what we've got circled here are those cuttings that are slower than the rest of the um, population that are barely at a rooting two, much less um, really having a solid rooting three. Compare that to when we have humidity in the chamber with or without a bag, notice that there's very few if any, that aren't at a rooting two. So the bottom line is, is the ones when you have humidity in the chamber, whether you put them in the bag or you don't, you're gonna end up with better performance all the way through to the end compared to if you just throw them in a cooler without any humidity. So that getting it off to the start before you ever stick them predisposes you to performance of uniformity. And in this day and age where every single cutting counts, Every single one has to generate revenue. We can't have any shrink. And shrink starts right here in unrooted cuttings. It makes sense. And, and you referenced uh, some of the things that we've talked about in the past uh, related to, to moisture management and, and watering. Uh, and a lot of those are available through our tech on demand resources. And you can find dozens, if not hundreds of resources from tech on demand online. Uh, every week, I send a newsletter covering a range of technical topics. They tend to be very timely uh, using uh, uh, information that I find uh, being passed through horticultural channels, as well as some of the experts that I collaborate with. We've created a ton of video for uh, greenhouse professionals of all skill levels. If you're looking for ways to train new team members or refresh on, on topics that, that are critical to production, be confident we have a video on it. And then the Tech on Demand podcast is a great way to take some of this educational information on the go. And last but not least, I would encourage 
everyone who's viewing and listening to this presentation to join the Greenhouse Tech Team Facebook group. You can find that on Facebook just by searching Greenhouse Tech Team, answer a couple questions, and I will let you right in to the peer-to-peer uh, -peer community with more than 4,000 of your peers to, uh, to discuss all sorts of topics, ask questions, and find resources. So, Will, thank you so much for your time. And anytime you think of another topic to share with the listeners and viewers and me, you know, the door is always open for you, which, which you know, and, and I truly appreciate your, your knowledge and, and your willingness to share this information. Thanks, Bill. It's been great fun. Absolutely. And I'm Bill Calkins with Tech On Demand. And on behalf of our entire team and the folks at Ball and Ball Publishing, thanks for listening and watching and take care out there.